Hello, hello! Welcome back to the channel. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving this new entry a listen to. Uh, Happy New Year to you and to your family, and I wish you a healthy and prosperous year. Hopefully 2021 is better for you than it was for me and the majority of people in the world. Um, Today we're going to talk about a movie I just got an opportunity to sit down with. I was actually looking forward to it. They pushed the release date so much. supposed to be released over the summer, uh, or even early March, I believe. And then, you know, coronavirus happened, things got shut down, movie theaters, people couldn't go out. So, this film, like a lot of other films, have been getting pushed, and release dates have been changed to kind of hopefully make some kind of money off of it or whatever. But one smart thing they did was they released it uh, for streaming and in theaters so people could make that choice. So if you are people that got to see it um, in the theater, if you were comfortable enough to go out when the theaters were open before a lot of states uh, went through another shutdown pretty recently, good on you. If not, it was released on HBO Max where a lot of other people saw it. I got a chance to see it and we're going to talk about it today and the film is Wonder Woman 1984. I've been looking forward to this because the first Wonder Woman was really, really good. I was really, really happy with it. I thought that they were doing such a good job with building this universe and they're doing it the right way. And I felt that they were doing it the right way with uh, the Superman film. I thought Man of Steel was great. Um, I was looking forward to what they were going to do with Ben Affleck's uh, Batman. I know that's jumbling around. They're talking a lot about HBO Max kind of revitalizing this. Uh, this universe and Zack Snyder's behind it and I'm happy about that I'm a huge Zack Snyder fan and I think this world that he's building for the DC universe is worthwhile and I do believe there's a lot of people that believe in that as well and this movie kind of fits kind of doesn't I don't really know it's kind of weird how it doesn't really seem like that's something that was mentioned in another in the other films where she's in but I guess I can understand we're talking about going uh, into the past, you know, kind of her her prequel stories before what she is in, say, Batman vs. Superman or in the Justice League film. So I do get that. And even her origin story, the first Wonder Woman was fantastic. I think Cal, um, I'm going to butcher her last name, Cal Gadot, Gadot, I always say Gadot for some reason, but I feel like she does a great job. I think she's a fantastic Wonder Woman, and I think the first Wonder Woman. I think the first Wonder Woman was great. I think her role in the Justice League film and the Batman film was great. I don't know about this one. Like I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for it being a Wonder Woman film, and how much I want more DC films. I want more DC films, and this has been one I've been waiting for because the first one was good. They didn't even give, like, Man of Steel a chance to have a sequel. It went straight from Man of Steel to the Batman vs. Superman, and for Wonder Woman to get her shining light with another film is great to me, but I do feel like it misses on a couple of things. So now before I get really deep into it, I'm just going to tell you this does have a few spoilers. If you haven't seen it already, if you have and you're looking for some perspective on it, I'll give my perspective so you can listen to it. If not, I suggest not listening any further if you haven't seen it already and you don't like things being spoiled like that. If you don't mind too much and you just want to kind of get an idea of what the story is, then continue to listen. But either way, it's just... It just doesn't feel Wonder Woman-esque. 
I would say. And when you see the trailers, you see how the Chris Pine character comes back into play. And it's almost like a why, like why is he there? Why does Chris Pine matter so much? And I guess I can understand it to an extent. But like, okay, so the, the film obviously takes place in the 80s. So it's 1984 in this film. And the first film, I want to say was 40 years prior. So he's been dead for 40 years and you're still kind of harping on him. Like, I get it. He's your long-lost love, and he died sacrificing himself to help you save the world. I get it. And you'll never love another person. But, like, this wasn't a good kind of way to bring him in. It makes it... I won't say that it doesn't make sense to what the story is. The story in itself does kind of need the Chris Pine character. Everything that they do for the story does make sense if you're trying to make the story make sense. But in terms of it being a Wonder Woman film, it kind of falls a little bit short. Um, I do like that they're, they incorporated two people from the comics. They incorporated uh, um, Dr. Barbara, I forget her last name, but the, the actor, uh, Kirsten Wig plays the actor. The, she plays the character who becomes Cheetah. And we've seen her in the trailers. Cheetah is involved. And I was super happy about that. When you, whenever I think Wonder Woman, who like the top villain is for Wonder Woman, it's always been Cheetah. Batman is Joker. Superman is Lex Luthor. You know, the Flash is Reverse Flash. Like, everybody has their one, like, villain. And for me, Wonder Woman has always been Cheetah. So the fact that they were able to actually incorporate her, to me, is fantastic. But I just... They really... They didn't leave it up for, like, letting her come back. And that's a huge thing that a lot of these movies do, is they have these villains in there as a one-off. Like, they don't leave openings for these villains to come back. And then if you don't do that, then you don't leave opportunities for them to be part of other sequels. Like, that's the one thing about, like... Um, I can compare it to the Christopher Nolan franchise of the Batman, is that he never kind of got rid of any of the characters per se. You know, they always had some way of coming back and being reiterated into the story. And that could even be related to, say, Tim Burton's Batman series, those sequels. Whereas in the first one, basically the Joker dies. And in the second one, basically the Penguin dies. So you don't leave opportunities for these characters to come back and do anything. Like, one of the big things about, say, like, Spider-Man is when he fights the Sinister Six. That's a huge Spider-Man storyline. And you wouldn't be able to do that if you gave each one of those individual characters in the Sinister Six a story in a movie... And then just at the end of that movie, killed them off. You didn't kill off the idea of a Sinister Six. So when you don't do enough with Cheetah, to me, you kill off the opportunity for the Legion of Doom. And that's something that you're trying to build up. Because when you see um, the the supposed... Um, what would have helped build that universe in the ending, the uh, surprise ending, I believe it was Batman vs. Superman? I don't think it was Justice League. One of the, one of the two. Where it's Lex Luthor on a boat, and then he's met by Deathstroke. That shows me, oh, it looks like you're probably interested in making a Legion of Doom. Who's a big part of the Legion of Doom in some really good storylines? Cheetah. What did you do with Cheetah? You built her up. You gave her such a... De- well, not a good, a, a good, a decent backstory. And then you... You didn't give us enough. 
Like, you made it where she's no longer a thing. And you barely resolved her character, to my understanding. So it's like, if you're going to do that, how are you going to bring her back? And the main premise of this um, this film is that there's a medallion that makes wishes, and it's all about those wishes having consequences. So it's like the uh, the idea of you get what you wish for. One of the jokes that my wife said while we were watching it is it's basically like, well, what would happen if you tossed Superman into the Wishmaster series? And if anybody knows that series, it's basically the same concept. It's about a djinn, or what it would be considered a genie, but are actually evil, granting you a wish, but it's actually a wish that kills you because... Every wish has a consequence. Every time you wish for something, you have to understand that something bad's going to happen in return for you getting what you want. So, Barbara is, of course, this character who's very, uh, like, shy and very to herself and not very outspoken and doesn't really think highly of herself. What does she wish for? She wishes to be like Diana. Because Diana is a beautiful woman with a lot of self-confidence and in control of herself. And people admire her because she's attractive. And the way she wears it is that, I wish I could be Diana. And what she doesn't realize is that Diana is an Amazon warrior. Also is Wonder Woman. So what happens is she starts getting to be as strong as her. And what does she lose in return to that? She loses her sense of humanity, so she starts to want to be more and more of a powerful being. And then that just made sense to an extent, because I do believe that the majority of Cheetah's origin story is her being jealous of Diana. But again, like when the wishes kind of dissolve at the end, it's not something that she gets to keep. So she loses her wish. So she's not Cheetah anymore. So without killing the character off, you killed off what made her that character. How are you going to bring that back? How are you going to make that be something that's... Like, you've written your... Whoever the writers are, they've written themselves into a corner if they ever wanted to even consider bringing Cheetah back. And if they do, it ain't going to be her. It's probably going to be something else. And then it wouldn't make any sense. So it just doesn't... It, it doesn't fulfill the want that I needed for that kind of a character to have more of a build-up. As far as what it is as a Wonder Woman story, again, it's not bad. It's worth sitting through. I'm even, I'm not the biggest like Wonder Woman lore expert, so I can't say much about, say, the other main villain being um, uh, Maxwell Lord and his role in it. Uh, they do kind of lead his story off and kind of make it where, okay, yeah, I don't think he's going to do any more bad shit, but... I don't know. I don't know very a lot of Wonder Woman lore. All I know is a lot of the the smaller things, the basic things, things that are connected when it comes to the Amazons and say uh, Greek mythology. Like for example, um, Hades. Hades is a big villain for Wonder Woman. Are they going to incorporate Hades? I think they should. Why? Why the heck not? That sounds like a great idea. He's a, he's a big villain for Wonder Woman and a big storyline that revolves around that that they did in the animated films. And those films are great. The, whatever they do with the animated films, they have to get that team, the the writing team that's on the animated films. They got to bring them into the DC um, live action films, and they got to get them to connect. They got to let them know that what you're doing. And what you should be doing to make these films have some kind of continuity to it. And 
the only reason this doesn't need to really connect to the other films or any films that they are trying to make is because it takes place so many years prior. So what they've done is they've created this universe where Wonder Woman exists all the way at the beginning before everybody else. Batman exists before Superman. So Wonder Woman is first, Batman is second, and then Superman is third. That's basically what they've done with this universe. And yeah, maybe it seems a little backwards. I don't see anything too bad about doing that, except for the fact that it's weird that you have, you know, young, up-and-coming Superman, old warrior Wonder Woman, and then also old, at the end of his robes, Batman. But that's the way they went, and the issue is, is that one of the things that Marvel does so good is they have one guy controlling three other teams of people that are basically trying to make sure all this stuff makes sense. And Warner Brothers hasn't picked that person yet. And I do feel like if they gave Zack Schneider more credit or they gave him more of an opportunity, which I hope they're going to do with what they're pushing for in releasing the Schneider Cut Justice League for HBO Max... And I've heard stories about them doing more Batman films with Ben Affleck. They want to do another Superman movie. They want to do the Cyborg movie and release it on HBO Max permanently. Like, they're finally starting to do something that's smart, in a way. And that's finally giving one person the idea of living out some kind of vision and giving them the reins of trying to expressing that. Because when you have too many hands in the pot, what's you're not going to get anything that makes sense. You're not going to get anything that's... Con- continuatively, like, accurate. So, I feel like they could have done better with this. Is it good? Yes, it is still a good Wonder Woman film. If it was a standalone film, like, if the, if you weren't trying to connect Wonder Woman to anything else, sure, this is great. But, when you're trying to build a universe, and this is meant to make sense in that universe, and you have basically... Four different films, literally, like, okay, so you have Wonder, the first Wonder Woman that she's in, obviously. Then you have Batman vs. Superman that she's in. Then you have Justice League that she's in. Now you have this one that she's in. Each one of them shows a kind of different, to me at least. Again, this is my perspective, understand that. But it shows a different Wonder Woman. They don't all seem like the same person. And I get that maybe it's the fact that she's like, older than all of them, and she's been a warrior for longer than all of them, so maybe, to her, there's a different personality trait in each one of these stories, being that they're each different points of her life. So, like, the first film is during the 1930s or the 1940s. The second one that's meant to be in this timeline is 40 years after the fact. And then those other two technically take place 84 to 2017, 2018, 30, 40 years after that, too. So... If it's trying to go for the sense that as she ages, her she changes as a person, maybe that would make sense. But again, I, I can't really connect those dots because it doesn't make sense to me. And the DC, the DC universe is where I thrive. Like I know Marvel to an extent, but I don't know Marvel like I know DC. And from what I know about DC, it's just it's too all over the place. It's that nobody has. A strict vision and nobody's trying to let anybody have a strict vision they're not letting anybody take the reins and really drive this to be what it could be and i feel like they need to but you know what do i know i'm a guy that does a podcast <laughs> thanks guys for listening i appreciate it and i'll catch you in the next one